Hey, what is up, everybody? This is Rob Rivera. And this is Rob Rucha. And you're listening to the Robcast Podcast. Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Rob and Rob here on the Robcast Podcast. And today we have people who print all things merch for Nonpoint, Mr. Joe and Lucas from Rowboat. And uh, Mr. Rusha, you have quite a history with these people, right? Yeah, they go uh, way back to the music scene in Chicago, and Joe especially back in Colonel Stem, uh, which was his band back at the same time that From Zero was doing their thing. Um, and oddly enough, uh, Lucas from Lift Point, right at the tail end of it all, um, and, and doing his shows with like Rashid's bands when he was in In Cinema and like the the second and third versions of Rashid's local bands here in Chicago, because he had yeah. like four different bands he was part of at one, you know, different times throughout the years, which is one of the reasons that when he got into Nonpoint, I thought it was well-deserved because he had put so much work into you know the the scene and and the music and so no, he definitely he definitely put some mileage oh yeah on, i mean and he if the, anyone uh, out of out of anyone i knew it when he got it i was like so well deserved and yeah. you know for for our podcast today getting joe and, and lucas on which i mean i knew both of them back in the day but didn't realize how much they had progressed in the merch business until i went to rowboat and dropping off the the non-point green pills when when we did that uh christmas run a couple of years ago and everything there blew my mind i was like you guys are full for real you know like it's it's not just a a bunch of two guys you know and some people making t-shirts you know yeah that that operation is insane yeah so that building is fucking huge it's it's big and when i drove there i was like how far back do i go and i realized it's not because it's so far in the back it's because it's that big you know, yeah. like, and, and now right next door to it is a vinyl pressing plant, you know, like, so. Yeah, shattered plastic, Yeah, right? that's going to be a good thing when, when physical starts coming back, which I really hope it does soon, because, you know, we just did this campaign that, you know, with, with Nonpoint that um, I want to get into with these guys, because they helped get this, you know, vision taken to a level that you guys had never seen before. So um, with that, we should get them on the phone. Uh, yep. We're going to be doing this with a, a different way because of this quarantine. We're going to be trying a conference call, so this might get a little crazy. You might hear something weird. Uh, bear with us. This is different for us. It's not like uh, when Rob and I just do our own. We have to patch two different people from two other states in here or, well, yeah, different places in the state. So this will be a, a fun time. Let's get to it. Yep. Hello. Hello. It's me. Okay, hang on. I'm waiting for others. Oh, wait. Okay. Here they are. Hello? Hey. What is What's it up? It says... Okay, who's on? There we are. This is Joe. All right, Joe. In the up? place. <laughs> What's up, guys? How you doing? Hanging in there. How about What's you? up, dudes? <laughs> oh, this is such a world we live in here. It is yeah, I know. <laughs> this is insane. It's like I see like four <laughs> squares on a phone, and I'm able to record it, and we're able to do a podcast this way. So, heck yeah! I'm 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 surprised. <laughs> so you find that uh, it's it's just clear audio through through Facebook like this? Well, it's better than a, a cell phone connections on people's because that's variable. But most people are home with Wi-Fi, so you're gonna have that. Right, and, and that's going to give you a better. You uh, get four separate shows. What's that? 
Sorry, do you get four separate? Do you get four separate tracks? No, it's only stereo, so all of you guys are blended together. Okay. Um, and then I'm in. I'm just in front of a microphone, so you guys can Got hear it. me. <clears throat> but it's like Fuck. all the uh, all the business conference calls that are happening right now, and now we're doing podcasts this way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. I, I, uh, um, Rob, you might be interested in this or you probably know have you heard about this plugin now that you could get that is a service so you could do remote sessions and sync to zoom um i have and actually i'm i'm using one of them now to do live streaming mixing to oh no way and we did that with the alive and kicking wow. song with nonpoint so we did that where they were they were all listening to me in real time with literally like I think it's like a wow. one tenth of a second, like you know ten, mil, ten like ten milliseconds. Like I hit start, they hear it. Wow, <clears throat> that's insane. So yeah, that, I mean, you have that to, is so cool. You have to calibrate that, or how does it? How do you sync it in? No, it's a, it's just a service, and it's a plugin you put on your master yeah. bus or on a separate bus if you yeah. wanted to create like a talkback scenario. You could do that. Yeah, that's yeah. killer. So it really yeah, comes exactly. down. It really comes down to what I needed to do when I was at, at home, and the guys are all in different places, and I needed them to not have a bunch of email chains going back and forth about what to change, yes. what to change, right. the <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and and then have to send them a new one, wait for them to all hear it, wait for them to all yep. chime in, and then this way they were all engaged in the process, and it was really cool. Wow, and it goes right out there, whatever monitoring system. That's insane. Dude. Yeah, so That's that was the other thing is like Rashid's got like seven. I mean, he's Rashid's a gear hoarder. So yeah, he, he's yeah. got like seven sets of studio monitors and headphones. So he was listening through all sorts of different things. <laughs> And that's awesome because that gave me more of a, a test on how it's sounding in other people's stuff. Sure. I mean, I know sure. like some people were listening with earbuds, some people had headphones, some people had studio monitors, and I mm -hmm. just had my headphones and my studio monitors to check my world. So insane, dude. It came together within like four hours. We mixed the track. Oh, which which wild. which monitors do you guys what, what monitors are you using? Well, we have Were they uh, Adams. Yeah, I have Adams at home too. I just have the smaller okay. versions of them. They're the uh, they're called the F series, which came out a while ago, and uh, they have the same ribbon tweeter. They have everything the same. So it's, nice. It's very similar footprint sound, but just not uh -huh. as not as treated of a room. So sure, I, I have my headphones, which are also Adams, and uh, they give me that reference that I'm used to. Nights, you know, depending on if I'm at Uptown or if I'm back in Southern Illinois in my home studio. Right. Fire. I just Killing remember me. back in the day, like being at CRC and they were talking about like we had to wait for the the LAN. That was like when people were flying in tracks oh, like yeah. early, early yeah. on. <laughs> Over and I was just ISDN. like, I don't know what the yep. fuck you're, you yep. guys are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I mean, doing it for they a did, yeah, they did sessions that way a lot. And I still randomly get emails and phone calls at Uptown, like people asking if we do ISDN patching. And I'm like, who does that anymore when you, <laughs> you know, voice over Internet's way better. Right. You know, like, and, and there's no like very little delay, if, if any. And for most of the sessions, I've done a few like di dialogue replacement sessions for like different, you know, TV things or whatnot. And they send an actor here. And they have the director in California piped in through the headphones, and wow, it's no big deal. So I cool. mean, that's more yeah. more common now than it ever has been. Right, Especially better than having them in, better than having them complaining in your face the whole time. They could just pipe in, <laughs> pipe out. 
Yeah. Right? Well, they want to give direction to the, the to the talent, you know, at the same yep. time. So, and they want to be able to hear the take and say, "Yep, that was it." Instead of hoping that I recorded enough of them for them to have a usable thing. Yeah. So, and if they're a complete dick, you could just drop the line and just say that there's there's some interference. Internet problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I sent you final mix. Done. Yeah. Delete. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is, I mean, we're using Wi-Fi, so there is intermittent things happening. Yeah. And that's the yeah. only reason there's a delay. If everybody was plugged in like they are with those, like, uh, Hollywood shows, like the Tonight Show thing or whatever, they're all using, yeah. like, uh, fiber and, or, yeah, yeah. Ethernet, Ethernet and fiber optic networks. Yeah. So yeah. there is no delay, you know, like, yeah. in, in that sense. That's killer. So, this and, is, you know, that with that plug-in you're talking about, I mean, there's a, yeah. prob there's a problem with that based on like, okay, if like, for example, Rivera, when, when, and he can attest to this, he has spotty internet sometimes in his basement. Uh-huh. Rob? It sucks. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but this is some, I will say this is some major nerd talk. Oh, right I know. I, yeah. I'm loving this. <laughs> and that's half, that's half the podcast. But I mean, Rob, right. you're getting more and more into that. I mean, you were able to record at home and send me your tracks and I can do, you know, real drum sounds here without having mm -hmm. you break a social quarantine. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was able, I was able to play my e-kit that I have. Fire and, and then put it and send the tracks to Rob and he puts it through Stephen Slate's uh, new updated uh, drum sounds the and triggers, drum, yeah. one of the best drum sounds I've had was on this yeah. recording you know on the on this recording that fucking shit that I did at home uh -huh. right you know so <laughs> it goes to show you that you know you can I mean you can make a oh, record yeah. at home you know I mean Billie Eilish yeah. won fucking five yep. five Grammys from a record she did in a bedroom. Yep. That's crazy. You know, it's like insane. I mean, and, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, yeah. Uh, Luke, uh, I mean, not Luke. Uh, Phil, my old drummer from Colonel Stem. Him and I have been passing tracks back and forth, and he got a a, a killer like electronic kit, and he sends me uh, his like uh, what is it? Su superior drummer tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> those those sound insane. It sounds like how I remember hearing him play. Like, it sounds totally amazing. Yeah, and it takes some time, like Rob and I have figured out when we've been working with his system, like before this stay-at-home thing, I was over by his yeah. house tweaking out the, the module that he has, which is a Pearl, mm -hmm. Pearl Mimic Pro, which is amazing. Oh, wow. And uh, has the same sounds as, as Stephen Slate drums. So when he's playing <laughs> just with headphones, he hears it that yeah. way too. And that's what amazing. like Rivera always tells me that. He's like, oh, man, it sounds like I'm playing on stage in, this head, in, this, in these ears. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. and, and the so, thing is the thing is too is like for like for the if you look at this for the future hell you yeah. know like to record like i definitely i'm gonna go and test we have tested out this module but we used it with uh the pearl epro live kit mm -hmm. and we tested it out with real symbols and we came out with and, yes. and i know rob was like really like excited to to hear this he was like it, he envisioned like when he heard it said so this is exactly how i envisioned it yeah but i have a new e uh e kit it's uh drum tech it's called uh it's called drum tech drums uh throughout of germany and because I, mm -hmm. I was look i was looking online hey what are the best drums that we can get to match with the pearl mimic pro and every uh -huh. time i saw videos that those drum tests is drum tech tec at the end look them up They're amazing drum uh -huh. sets so I started playing it, and I was like, man, this, and so we're going to test once this quarantine shit is over, 
Nice. We're going to bring the the E kit to the studio mm -hmm. with real symbols and symbols, track. Yeah, and see, yeah you and need see. the real symbols. That's There's what I mean, makes a difference. Moving the air and actually oh, getting like yes. overhead yes. sounds, room sounds. And then yep. what Rivera and I are going to plan to do is pipe that as well through a PA in the room that's what i was just gonna ask you yeah. that's so what i was that, just gonna so ask that you there's some shell sounds in the room uh -huh. for real instead yeah. of just the thwapping sound that it makes yeah. when he's hitting yeah. you know like yeah. a, a, a drum pad but the pads on the drum tech one are mesh so they don't make any sound at all and yeah. that's amazing when you're using real cymbals and then you can get that overhead sound yep. without the sound of the you know plastic cymbal oh. hits which are terrible amazing. especially the hi-hat is just awful yeah the sound yeah. it makes yeah. in the room Although yeah. the, the the band, when Nonpoint was doing pre-production, they used an e-kit with fake cymbals, and we piped it through the PA, and it was the most pleasing rehearsal they ever had because they could control <laughs> Rob's yeah. volume, and, and Rob, has, Rob, has, <laughs> Rob has two volumes. It's either off or bash. I mean, like, like it's, it, and, and Rob will Monster. agree, right? Yeah. I mean, there's beast mode and then just Rob. <laughs> no they're just only beast mode that's yeah. all especially, especially behind the kit i mean it's yeah it's but, but yeah man it's been uh this whole new experience i yeah. mean we've never released anything nationally that we each have recorded at home you know this is the first amazing. thing first thing we've ever done and then it all really started with rob playing the piano Mm -hmm. On the which he did wonderful job on it and and uh, or he no no wait Rashid added it I don't know who started it first Rashid started Ra with acoustic guitar yeah and, and then, then you added the piano yeah. and then it, it all started to come together and it, and it's like a completely it's at the same song but completely different at the same time you know and, mm -hmm. but the the fact that we go we're able to do it each of it at our houses oh yeah. It's insane, and just goes to show you that you can't. This can be done, and you know. And so, and you can see online, so many people are recording and doing these videos, mm -hmm. these quarantine videos, and it's coming. And I'm excited because uh, we're gonna still, you know, we're gonna work on more stuff until you know this whole thing blows over. We can get back to new music and stuff. You know, so I just like the dynamic that changes when you're not. You don't have to all be together in a room and have to come up with something and have to perform with it all being remote everyone could do things at their own pace with the least amount of you know feeling rushed or anything or pressure yeah no pressure yeah exactly exactly but, so, but sometimes going at your same at your own pace is not good no it gets, it gets a little yeah. frustrating when when you're waiting on like as as the engineer and i'm at home going all right all i need is that guitar track where's that guitar track? <laughs> just give me that guitar I got, the, I got i gotta mix this but i can't do it without the guitar track come on and then and then finally i check google drive and it's like finally there's the guitar track and i load it in and it's beautiful <laughs> but you're right i mean it's beautiful because they rashid took the time to do it right and yes. jason and took the time to do it right and you know i mean there's mm -hmm. there's always that thing where it's like people have the the money to do something twice but never the money to do something right right you know it's like right. but with time and not time is the new currency right now i mean all, yeah. all we have is that so taking your time on something even though you know it may frustrate other people may be worth it in the end yeah. now uh you know those like remote controllable mic stands yeah is there a way to connect that like through the internet so like you could mic a cab 
like well, Rashid could mic a cab and you could be you could be sitting there dialing the mics around. I'm guessing when 5G comes out, that's going to be possible because I just saw a video of a surgeon using 5G network remotely using robotic surgery equipment and it was in real time and it was re ridiculous. Whoa. Wow. Jesus. The, the, the future of, of what people can do remotely is going to change dramatically with that revolution of faster bandwidth. That's insane. And then, and then Rob and I can jam and write songs together at the same time. <laughs> you know, like, instead of having to like wait for the MIDI track and then yeah. load it in or whatever. Yeah. Although that's fast too, because when I send Rob something or he sends me something, we're pretty fast about it because we want to hear it yeah. more, you know, more developed. Yeah, well, I, I just like to get it done. You know, like, I want to get it done. I can't yeah. wait around. The only unless I have my kids with me, I have more than I have more than enough time <laughs> to to do stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's been a uh, uh, it was a pleasurable experience to do it that way, and the well, results and the were the campaign that came off of it with yeah. the, with the merch was amazing oh, too. Insane, insane. Like, I, I was looking at the numbers, and I, we we have that group, uh, the group thread on text, and the amount of orders that went in. Like it was, like I, I, I when I saw when we reached the goal, I said, okay, we're gonna get to this goal, and I'm gonna want to send it on a text, and then we we got to it. And That's it was amazing, like dude. mind blowing. And then even the next two days after that, it was like or a few days or whatever. It, yeah. It was, it was still actually good until we sold out. It was like, holy shit, we've never had an online day. We've never had an online sale like that ever in our career. You know, it's that's like, amazing. Like, that's holy amazing. shit. Like, I couldn't fucking believe it, man. It's like, it, it was definitely uh, a pleasurable day for all of us and gave us a lot of peace of mind because during these times, you know, you have right. things, are, things are a lot slower. And, and that's what I want to get into now, too. Besides on how you got into the merch business is where, what do you do during this time? Has, has your, has your, uh, you know, your, your project slowed down? Has, you know, your product been difficult to find because people are closed, you know? And so, you know, Rush, I know Rob knows about more about you guys in the local scene. I know you guys <clears throat> might have all played shows together. I'm not really sure. I didn't literally live here at that time. Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. So, I, I, I mean... Think Rob and I played Double Door yeah. for the. It was my first time there, and I think it was your guys' first time there too, because you guys are still brand new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I remember that. And then there was a Metro show we did with you guys. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then, um, God, I mean, of course, you guys with Rashid's old band. I mean, all the time yeah. playing shows together. And oh hell I mean, yeah, it dude. was it was a huge different scene back then, and I think that. You know, a lot oh. of that is really, I mean, now more than ever gone, but it died like with that era, you know, like Dude, it really did. It really did. I, I never saw it. lines like that ever again. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it just changed though. It's now, unfortunately, rock is not what that is. I mean, that's how like the hip hop rap world is, you know, like that sort of support in Chicago flip from rock to rap, which is crazy, but Rob, I told you <clears throat> whenever the when the last time that we caught up that literally my my dad is like the biggest from zero fan still to yeah. this day. <laughs> he still talks about it and he's like 
I remember taking him to whatever whatever Metro show it was, and he ran into to Jet like after the show, and he was just like he talked to him for like twenty minutes, and he was like, "Dude, you're just such an amazing singer. You guys are such a great band. I, I want to see you guys, you know, conquer the world." Yeah, that was our that was our goal, but you know things change you you know like I, not everybody can have like that stamina and that career kind of thing like i mean like nonpoint has which was great when it came back around full circle with rashid getting into the band and him you know convincing those guys to give me a shot at uptown and them coming here and that's why we even have this podcast in the first place is rob and i joined in in a rhythm section of doom as we call it when we start to jam together <laughs> and i've helped on you know nonpoint albums with bass and writing and you know anything that they need it's kind of like you know giving me that purpose again because i see a hard-working band that reminds me of the old school you yeah know? like sure. and that was the thing about the scene back then was it was hard-working bands always you know at each other's shows supporting but also promoting yeah. their own things and and then that's how you got to play shows together was you saw that that work ethic and mm -hmm. you know i wouldn't have ever had from zero consider like try to convince all the from zero guys to let crash poet open us for us at a metro show and, right. and when, you know, and when we were able to pick our bill back then, you know, like, and that was yeah. how the Metro oh, lets man. you do that when you could bring a thousand people, they were like, yep. all right, go ahead, put together a show, tell us who you want on it, you yep. know, give them their tickets and let's see what happens. And, oh, you know, Rashid's best. band brought 400 people, you know, it was like they, mm -hmm. right after that, they got their own Metro show. Yep. You know, yes. was, that was the key in that was like, and like, I mean, for, for us, I mean, Joe and Colonel Stump, that was the key in. I mean, he was like, hey, I'm going to give you, you know, we had <clears throat> made it through the ringer from Elbow Room and Double Door and all of that. But I remember having that conversation. He was like, hey, I'm going to pull you on this this Metro show. Yeah. And that was literally like opening the floodgates because, you know, once you got the foot in the door and you got your shot and you could prove that you could draw people and you were, yeah. you know, you, you knew what was going on, then that was kind of where it started. I agree, though. I mean, that's it's really sad to see that, you know, that kind of, I feel so dated and old trying to explain that to people these days of like, you know, not, you know, how big we all once were, but just what that, what that whole atmosphere really was like. And those endless lines of, you know, people for hours and hours just standing out in front of shows and passing Man. out flyers and CDs yep. and anything that you could just to really, you know, the concept of a street team, like yeah. that shit doesn't exist anymore. Street you know team. what I mean? You know, Rob, yeah. you guys were in on that. You know, the, remember when Streetwise was what Streetwise was? Oh, yeah. Like yeah, street, Streetwise for us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I met, uh, I think Bino was the guy that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was running <laughs> that. And he's still in the business. He manages Corn. He manages Deftones. I think he manages System of a Down. Yeah, like, System. He's still, yeah. Wow. He's, he's still in, he's, he manages three of the biggest bands of that whole yeah. era, but. I remember joining Streetwise, and they I, I got a three-song demo from them uh, from, mm -hmm. from System of a Down. Yep. They sent me 50 cassettes, mm -hmm. and I, I, I went to a show, put them at the merch table, and they were gone within like 10 minutes. Like, like, uh, people, like people like free shit all the time, you know? So, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I, so we got in good with them, and, and uh, they definitely uh, uh, helped Nonpoint huge because they put us on the streetwise stage at Ozfest. We were the first yep. band to get confirmed. And now, now you and now I hear you guys talking about your local scene and it seemed like everybody was it seemed like here everybody helped each other. Yeah. And, definitely. And, but and like in Florida, 
at first everyone helped each other. Then when people started to draw numbers, man, the ego was just like <laughs> nobody would know this band that went open for that band because they drew yeah. ten more people than them <laughs> and all this other bullshit. And and and, and like we were the first one that kind of kind of like we were the first ones to break out of that scene. I mean Marilyn Manson had gotten signed a few years before us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he went off to great things, but um, uh, it was used to be called Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids. That's what they yep. used to be called. I remember that. Yeah. I remember and then, that. And then uh, we when we got signed, I mean, we had already we were already drawing in Fort Lauderdale twelve to fifteen hundred people, you know, like just locally without any radio play. It was street teams. I had I had like ten high schools that I had people in these high schools passing out to their friends. Hell yeah, dude. So I, I recruited these people, and then you know, I would give them free stuff, like maybe like I'd give them stickers and, you know, free entrance to the show and whatnot. So, but, uh, and so we started playing with all these bands, and there was only five bands that really did anything down there that was making a dent. Mm-hmm. And then those five bands, like, they're just an ego developed. Uh, out of that whole thing and then when we got signed and started to go touring the scene died like completely like there was no scene yeah there was no scene at all because when we started playing shows back then every show was an event like yeah, we made we made exactly. sure, and, and then we would go to each other's shows just like you said yeah we go see endo in darwin's waiting room and then lost and then the groovniks wow. we, 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 we were the first we were the five bands Mm-hmm. that drew the most you know like uh but we were drawing in miami we we're drawing west palm and fort lauderdale and then you know unfortunately you know some heads got big and <laughs> you know and it killed everything it's like yeah. the camaraderie died and all of a sudden it was miami bands against fort lauderdale bands and then uh, you know it became like darwin's and endo against groovenix lost and non-point it became this huge, <laughs> stupid battle thing. You know, it was like, oh, Turf we draw, war. yeah, we draw more, blah, 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 and all sort of shit. And, 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 and I won't, and it got so bad. It got so bad. I won't name the band, but it got so bad that we did this show. We, we did a show in Miami. My manager at the time knew that all these radio DJs were coming to Miami to do this conference. Uh-huh. He strategically made us book a show on the Saturday, they all oh. had that. All those people had off. He invited Ed. We had just signed the MCA. He invited all those people to the show. So we had like seventy program directors wow. at this at this show. Then we had we had a four band bill. Then we had uh, it was us headlining, and then the, the second band called me and said, "Yeah, we're gonna drop off the show." Oh, and I said, "Why? Well, we're not gonna compromise our status by having to open it up for this band, mm-hmm. even though <laughs> even though said band they were talking about outdrew them by five six hundred kids. Except, <laughs> except the oh. second band had been around longer, so they thought how lo- much longer you were around would give you the the respect, right, the status. <laughs> that, that the status. Unfortunately, that was not the fucking case. Mm-hmm. So they dropped off the show, and I, and." Lo and behold, when we did the show, every single band that was on the bill played to the same amount of people. That it was, oh, ne- it was never like it's like like these days. Fuck, it's bullshit because you see the first band, eh, fifty people, mm-hmm. then a hundred, yeah. and then yeah. the second, then third, and fourth band play to the same. They'll play to six, seven hundred. You know what I'm saying? That, like mm-hmm. it's back then, the fans 
which from the moment the doors opened, yeah, boom, they stuck. They were yeah. there because yep. they wanted. They yep. want and dude, you, you're talking about a ticket that was like maybe eight bucks, and you're right. seeing four local, amazing local bands because all the four bands were the four four bands that drew thing that drew people. Oh yeah. So we had yeah. like oh, we had almost seventeen hundred people oh. at the at the Chili Pepper in Miami. And it was coconut, coconut grove. I mean, this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't fit another motherfucker in there. <laughs> and, and the fact that this band dropped off oh. one of the biggest shows of their local career. Yeah, they eventually yep. got signed, but that, unfortunately, they it died quick for them. And it's just like that camaraderie that I hear from Illinois. Like mm-hmm. all these musicians know each other. You know here mm-hmm. and. Yep. Like yeah. even Jason, our new guitar player, Jason Zilstra. Have you guys played shows with him too back in the day? Yep. Yeah. So he, like, I think we were talking about that because he was he was simple something, right? Yeah, that was one. Wait, of the wait, bands. is it Z Y L S T R A? It's Z E L. Z E L. Yeah, it's Zilstra. Like it's weird. It's like a strange spelling. I think it's Z E I. Oh yeah, Z E I L. Oh okay, no, that's different. Because I know I know Jason Zilstra. I was like, oh what? Yeah, yeah, so no, we, used, we used to play with them a lot. Um, and he's yeah, very—he really was very close to Rashid. He knew Rashid very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. his transition to the band was actually—he said by knowing Rashid and Adam, his transition was very easy for him. You know, and yeah. So, but I mean, I know that since you guys all played locally and stuff. Well, the, where, same, the same thing happened in a parallel universe in Chicago is what you guys had in Florida. It started with Disturbed and yep, yep. then Soil from Zero, 5.0, Relative Ash, No One. Yeah. It was just record deal, record deal, record deal. And I've yep. said it, I've said it before. It was, it was the same thing in Florida with like Nonpoint, Endo, Darwin's. You know, it was just like, bam, record deal, record deal, record deal. Yep. And now you see who's left, you know, and all right. you've got left now is like Disturbed, Soil's still trickling around, barely. Yeah. Uh, non-point, Chevelle. you know, Chevelle was from the, the yep. Grays Lake area, you know, right, like, yeah. there was definitely the scene in Chicago. And then again, like somewhat, we would go up to Wisconsin and play and that was great. Or we could go to like Indiana and play and that was great. Yeah. But yeah. for a band that hadn't really broken the Midwest, we from zero got a record deal just because of the scene. Yeah. You know, yep. like, and like, you know, just before Crash Poet demised, they were about to get a record deal. I mean, they were getting mm-hmm. labels look at them. I mean, it was the, yep. hot, the hot spot, you know, was, yep. was Chicago. So that happened in, you know, several markets. And that was because of the camaraderie and the bands introducing other bands to the fans. Fans showed up right away yep. at the beginning, lined up outside the door 30 yep. minutes before doors. I mean, yep. you, you couldn't even go across the street from Metro to get a hot dog without getting accosted right. by right. fans. Right, <laughs> right. You know, and I mean, then and, and we all were. It was like one giant party. You didn't even know who was playing that night because everyone was there, regardless if you're playing or not. Oh, it yeah. was. It was like, oh, we get to we we get to party with all our boys tonight. Oh, and yeah, we get to hop on stage for a minute too. <laughs> it's, oh it's yeah, I mean, even like sound checks, everybody hung out, watched yeah. each other, made jokes. Oh. You know, I mean, it was there was no ill tension, there was no weirdness. Yeah. It was such a great time to be in the music scene, and yeah. you know, I mean, heck, I got a great opportunity out of it. Several other people I know, and I mean, Jason was in a band with Billy Kay for a while, which was in No One, and I mean, there's mm-hmm. so much like 
crazy cross bending between all of us, you know, and then, yeah, and well, then to have the two of you guys become this like powerhouse merch company that take, <laughs> takes care of, you know, the non-point guys and, and delivering their stuff and fulfillment. It's just phenomenal. Well, so now, my drummer and I would go and see non-point. Like, I remember going to watch Rob stand up and walk around the drum kit. And all of a sudden, I'd show up to practice, and Phil's drum kit was all of a sudden sideways. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 I want some royalties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he but, did say copyright Rob Rivera uh, 2202 every time he did it. So I think yeah. that yeah. But, uh, covered. Now, since you guys were in the scene playing, I mean, obviously, you know, you guys – at, you know, came to a point where, you know, music stopped. And so yep. when, when did like this idea of like being a merch company come in? Hmm. Honestly, it was like, I was still, well, Joe, you, you transitioned from like Colonel Stem stopped and then you had uh, at rest. Yeah. So he was, he was still working on another project. I was still running pretty hard with lift point. Um, and that was kind of like where the beginning of it all yeah. took off because we had been, we had all been using the same merch person in Chicago, but you know it was either yep. shitty turnaround time, shitty quality, you know, shitty minimums. And so, hey, he's dead. He's dead. Everhart. <laughs> he um, but uh, yeah, we kind of just we put our heads together and was like, fuck it. We need. I mean, for for Lift Point, we were doing a big record release at Metro. We needed merch, and you know, <laughs> we had literally nothing up until the day before. We bought a bunch of random blanks from target and we had never screen printed in our entire lives and we just literally held up in joe's basement and then made it work and so that was you know every time that we we tell the story that was the big i think miraculous moment of going to the show selling out of the merch for for me you know as our our project lift point and then splitting up the money and saying okay well here's the money that goes to the band because we sold this but then there's money left over because this is what it costs and so for us to to go back and say all right well there's money left over it wasn't like i don't think we were seeing dollar signs in the sense of like all right well great now we're balling but it was like cool well now we can buy some more gear we can you know, just continue to add to the arsenal of what we can do. And then luckily we had just known so many people in the industry that it really just became like a, a thing of not trying to like grab clients, but just who needs help. You know, I remember the, even like the, the crash poet guys, I mean, I was super tight with the Chevelle guys and, you know, mm -hmm. that was early on. And I mean, we were, we were printing all the Chevelle stuff in Joe's basement and there was literally <laughs> just boxes to the ceiling. It was insane. <laughs> so I don't I don't know I mean it that was there never was a, a specific moment where we were like shit music sucks we're not being you know no one's getting big record deals anymore so let's start a new business it was just kind of like it came with the territory I still to this day I mean if if either of us you know were in enormous bands I mean we'd be absolutely killing in the merch world because Woo! we could control all of it so I think <laughs> about that all the time but oh yeah <laughs> I think it's just, it was an interesting thing just to see all the, the dots connect. And like we all started talking about the fact that, you know, we had all been so intertwined in the scene to be able to still work together. And then now on a broader level, you know, with you guys and, you know, you and Elias tying into the Chicago scene and bringing that all together. I mean, it just, it's been super special, I think, to be able to, to see. I mean, I came up you know, listening to, you know, seeing that streetwise stuff, seeing you guys on second stage at OzFest. And 
I'll, I'll never forget. I still tell this story to Joe. Like every time that I talk to Elias, it's just such a weird situation because it's like I grew up on, you know, hearing him yelling at me through the radio for so, so many years that is like, this is cool to be like working together and now uh, we all have this mutual respect and, you know, we've all been in our separate sectors being successful at what we're doing. So, yeah, I mean, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go oh, ahead. I was go just going to jump in. I was going to say, you know, the, the way, the way the whole thing came about, I mean, like Lucas sort of like jumped in, like when we were already up and running, but you know, we were talking about DIY and Lucas and I are DIY till we die. And we just looked up, uh, like a book that told you how to screen print because there was no Google the way we know it now. There's no YouTube. And we just went to eBay and bought the worst press you could ever imagine and then built by hand out of wood and wired the electricity. We made our own uh, exposure unit. And in true Lucas fashion, he had a, a CD release party the next day We've had zero successful prints ever. And Lucas shows up at like maybe what, nine or 10 the night before with a gang of people. So we're now trying to pull this off in front of a audience. But all of a sudden, maybe at like one or two in the morning, I remember just getting it. And Lucas just being like, just go, just go. Just print <laughs> Start them all. printing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Lucas still even has that screen. I do. But I yeah. mean, we, uh, you know, we just started with the garbage screen setup. We were stretching the screens by hand in my kitchen. And, you know, it was nothing that we ever planned. It just became, oh, we did a successful run. Lucas made some money off it at his show. Maybe there's something to this. Then it became, oh, these people want shirts. Then it became, oh, Chevelle wants like, it was like a couple hundred hoodies. And that mm -hmm. was like, oh, man, yeah. that was like wild to us i mean especially because we had to, like the concept and like that was when like american apparel was getting big <laughs> and so you know every time for all of the what we didn't know that we were doing but knowing that we were buying american apparel blanks for you know Woo! six seven dollars a piece we were like every time there's a misprint on that then like <laughs> we're gonna go bankrupt <laughs> but i mean to be able to it, it is crazy it's like the people in the scene from the music scene are they still are still engaged in our lives in different parts of, you know, different sectors of business. We still all run into each other. It's still like, it's still like, it's like the late nineties when I run into, you know, anyone, I still, Picasso still kicks it at my house for multiple months of the year. Uh, I mean, it's insane to, that we could, you know, that we are just like somehow all bound together. That's a, there is, a, I think, something to say for that, because, I mean, even when From Zero got their start and we were touring, one of the first big tours we did was Nonpoint and Mudvayne. And so oh, no we shit. shared a stage oh. together. We did a CMJ festival together at a WWE <laughs> event center in Times Square. And Glassjaw was on the bill and Disturbed Man. was on the bill. And, I mean, it was... It was the time, you know, and then yep. that comes around and people have that mutual respect from where you came from and understand that you're not out to screw them because you yourself may have gotten screwed through the through the ringer. We've all been through it, you know, like right. as far as different right. deals gone bad and the and, and we learn from it. So yep. that's when you start to build that trust. Like nonpoint, mm -hmm. you know, has members that know 
Lucas and Joe, and I, yeah. know, I know Lucas and Joe, and now Nonpoint knows <laughs> Lucas and Joe, and it's like, so yeah, you guys aren't out to screw anybody. You're out to build this camaraderie right. thing in a business sense. I yeah. mean, yeah, people want to make money, and we're all going to make money, and that's what I constantly believe in is, you know, mm -hmm. once the money's made, it's everybody's making money. Right. Yeah. Know, like, and, and with a merch sale like that Nonpoint just had, I mean, a fulfillment center during this time, that's that's a big boon, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like especially to be able to provide that in a, in a time when the bands are trying to find ways to create a revenue stream that they're no longer getting from not being out there. Right. Well, and, and I mean, also... you talk about, I was going to say, you talk about our connection to Nonpoint. <laughs> Rashid, you know, we, we were on the road forever with Rashid. I mean, I believe that we even shared a, a, a band space for a while at uh, Superior Street. And, I mean, we were on the road so much that I swear to God, there was one night we were driving on the highway, uh, we we're on two separate tours, and right next to us pulls up Crash Poet. And I could see <laughs> Rashid in the window being all goofy. <laughs> this is in the middle of the night. We were, we were like, what the hell? I remember pulling off at a rest stop and partying all night and then getting back on the road. <laughs> I mean, that's – and then Rashid uh, told me, I remember him being like, dude, I'm in nonpoint. I remember being like, what? No <laughs> way. That's so awesome because we would always go see nonpoint back in the day. Oh, yeah. Then Rashid was in. And then, like like Lucas said, you know, we're used to hearing Elias screaming. And then fast forward to us talking on the phone and being like, but Lucas and I, every single time we get off the phone with Elias, the first thing Lucas and I say to each other is, nicest guy in the universe. <laughs> he saves it for the stage. <laughs> I know. The other day he said to me, like, I'm sorry that I snapped at you. I was like, what are you talking about? When, when did you do that? <laughs> Like, I didn't even notice your 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 what you are apologizing to me for is still the nicest conversation I've ever had on the phone. Nicest, nicest, nicest band altogether. Hey, hold on, we're talking about the same Elias here. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on yeah, here? You haven't been around him for twenty two years, there, Joe. <laughs> no, man. Me and no, me and Elias. I mean, we have had we have had our battles. I will say, <laughs> but 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 when it comes to the business of nonpoint. We have always been on the same page, you know. That yeah. we have, that has never changed, and and I just I can't imagine even having another singer in this band. Like there's just yeah. there's no way. I mean, plus you know his work ethic is insane. Insane. You know he's got a lot of great ideas. He, I mean, he's as just as insane as with the merch as he is in the studio as he is songwriting. <laughs> I mean he he puts everything into it. And on top of that, he's a great father, a great husband, and, and so he puts a, he puts a lot of work into into what he's doing. So from hearing from other people saying, you know, talk very you know positive positive about him, you know, I experience that all the time. Hey, you know, brothers, so you know, brothers, brothers. That we definitely, we definitely. I mean, we had a nice, an awesome conversation this morning. You know, and and we have a the one thing we have is a lot of like inside jokes. <laughs> that, that only me and him and maybe the guys in the band will understand. But he is definitely one of the most driven, hardworking, passionate people I've ever worked with. And, and, and it shows. I mean, mm -hmm. even with this campaign that got put together, you know, the success of him and Francesca did a lot for it. You know, and, Yeah, yeah so, they killed it. 
Yeah. So, but getting back to the merch thing, I mean, mm-hmm. I, if I, I, I now like from starting in the basement to what you have now, which I, <laughs> I've had. Uh, Joe gave me an amazing tour. Uh, oh, Lucas, the place is Lucas, awesome. Yeah, Lucas. I don't think you were there. <laughs> I don't think Lucas was there when I went, or maybe he was. I don't remember. But Joe gave me a nice tour of the place. And I'm like, holy. <laughs> Fuck, like this is a gigantic. Right? This is even bigger because I went to the old one too. Yeah, yeah. And, oh um, God! And I'm like, this is a the way bigger. And now let me the 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 big press that I see that yeah. looks like the big gigantic octopus spider thing. Yeah. <laughs> How many shirts can you print at the same time on that thing? Uh, I mean, we aim like so when we are averaging how long it will take to do a run, we usually say between four to five hundred an hour to come off that press now we can go ham where all of a sudden we're doing 800 an hour but that is all dependent on who's loading the shirts because loading those shirts that fast is a (laughs) that is an art uh so i mean you, you have to have the right team and there has to be a reason to go that fast there's no reason to kill yourself. But, I mean, I've watched, like, uh, there was a, a contest for the fastest uh, printing team, and it was a husband and wife, and they're using the press that we use. And I think they only counted, like, perfectly uh, printed shirts, which means they printed more, but they were doing 1400 an hour. Wow. Which yeah, I, I think – why? Christ. Why you do an hour and then you got to go take a nap? I don't understand. <laughs> like, why would you do that? But they, I mean, I know why they did it because they won a free press, and that 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 uh, <laughs> those things are quite costly. Yeah. So how much does one of those things cost average? What's the average Ooh. cost of that thing? Uh, I think it'd be cheaper to wake up in a new Bugatti. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up in a new Bugatti. <laughs> So now getting getting to back to what what was your biggest challenge? Like let's say you had to print something like really quick. <laughs> what well, what was your biggest challenge that you had to meet? Um me, uh, I think honestly is when it it's it, as soon as it exchanges hand you know I mean we've unfortunately unfortunately gone through <laughs> these issues even you know with you guys directly at nonpoint that is so when we're like you know when you guys or any any band is in the heat of a you know a big tour run we know oh. that you know I think where you know where we are able to to kind of really shine is the fact that being that Joe and I both came from the industry like we get touring we get we understand the scheduling we understand logistics so you know the fact that we're so hands on with it and you know whether we're talking to you Rob or Elias or you know merch manager or whoever it is and just saying okay well let's get counts let's make sure that we're trying to forecast this let's make sure that we're getting merch the next date you know you guys are in motion the tour is in motion. That is like literally some of the the most, I think, energetic and also just stressful times because yeah. ultimately, as soon as we know that we're going to do whatever we can do to, to make things happen, what ends up happening then is like once it leaves our site and whether it's in the hands of FedEx or, you know, fucking UPS, UPS. or whatever, yeah, 
that is like that's where now the issue starts because yeah. you know those Rob, people, Rob knows they, what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I'm gonna start calling UPS reps oh. because they're always we're always redirect redirecting the right. fucking merch because it gets yeah. so late because there's always a fucking issue. Yeah, and uh, it's terrible. And it's always I mean, the one. It's like one box, and it's the one size that you guys are out of, and oh, yeah. and then we chase it for four days. No, yeah. but but I do remember when the when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series. Oh snap! Yes, you, when you guys had to print how many? What was the turnaround that you needed to Woo. do? Straight uh, well, twenty four hours a day. I mean, you yeah. literally like you start. So like the the way that I mean that's like in in the printing industry that's considered hot market, and so basically. The way that those all of the the orders and the buys come in are based on, you know, whoever's whoever the buyers are. So Dick Sporting Goods, you know, all of the gas stations, WalMarts that are holding, you know, big quantities of those. But mm -hmm. because the games are basically, you don't know what's going to happen. They're not a guaranteed order. You can get some, yeah. you know, some pre-print situations, but a lot of the times, whether it's the Super Bowl or the World Series, those people don't want to say, "All right, I'm going to order thirty thousand of these," and if the Cubs lose or the Sox lose, then you get nothing or you get the wrong shirts. So you literally wait until the last, you know, strike three, or you know, the final play of the game until you start, and so that. You know that the World Series for the Cubs, that shit went into extra innings. Yep. So we were like, it was almost yep. almost twelve thirty and a rain delay, like one o'clock. Yes, yeah, rain yes, delay the rain games. delay. Yeah, I, I don't it watch. I'm not a sports guy, and I remember it keep like rain delay, and then this, and another inning, and I was losing my mind. And I remember we were watching it online, and all of a sudden we heard all these uh, fireworks going off. But our game wasn't done because ah, of all of the, the buffering. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we're like, ah, go, go, fire up the presses. Yeah. But I, I mean, what? How many did we? They expect from us in a night? Do you even remember, Luke? I don't, but I, I just remember. So the like the way the process was even work. So you know, game's over. Cool, we start printing. You know, like Joe was saying, you know, aiming for like an industry average. But the reality is that. Those those people they don't give a shit. They just want as many as possible. Yeah. So you know yep. we're we're trying to maintain like our level of quality and make sure that we follow all the rules and do everything. But what ends up happening is like a truck <clears throat> literally will show up or multiple <laughs> trucks will show up every three hours on the hour, um, and just basically they say give me everything that you have. You have to sign off. You know we have to take pictures of the the licenses of the drivers then those go back to a main distribution center yeah. and those are literally like out into the public within like three or four hours. But you're forgetting like the, the, there's like the craziest part is we also then have to put in line someone putting holograms. Oh, uh, the sticker. And, yeah, the and sticker. then we have to pack the boxes for retail, which yeah. means they, what do they call it? Like six, eight, eight, six or something yeah, we got like six smalls <clears throat> yeah it's like us you know it's a certain number of each size and the pallet has to be built like to a diagram and you could get fined for just having the pallet wrong you could get yeah. fined for and, and when the truck shows up you have there's a there's a set number that has to be loaded on that truck and if you and you could get fined and sometimes the fines are more than what we're getting paid to print this stuff so you have every reason in the world to nail it. And with all that, it, with it being so hectic, 
yeah, <laughs> that hot market stuff uh, could be a little hard on you. And then you're literally, I mean, you're you're just running just straight. I mean, so it's not like anything is stopping. You just have mm -hmm. people just running constantly. So we were trying to like break in shifts here and there, and you know, I don't. People are up for 24 hours. It's, yeah. oh. it's definitely an interesting situation. I think that when we did the Cubs one, I I believe that I was up for three straight days because <laughs> we had to clear the decks. Remember that? Yeah. And I remember yeah. pulling an all-nighter, then not being able to get to sleep, then doing a, the full day, and then starting the night shift yeah. all the way to the next day. And I remember my kids being like, Dad, we haven't seen you. Can we go out? Then I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Mommy's going to drive the car. I can't really see straight. But I, I remember being up for three days. Yeah, so you like guys, had, you guys had to wait till that game was over. Like you already knew, oh, you yeah. were gonna, you already knew that you were gonna print a shirt. You was waiting till the game was over. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we had, mean, there was multiple nights. Yeah, because they didn't win the first night. Yeah, oh, so we okay. just kept it kept shifting. Yeah. So like we yeah. would have to, you know. Meanwhile, like we're still running the rest of the business, and we've got yeah. you know tours. I mean, that was like in the heart of like. Chance the rappers do an enormous tours, and so we're like, you know, f fulfilling and you know, producing all of his merch at the same time, and then trying to make sure that we have people scheduled, but also making sure that like they get some rest. So it was yeah. like, it yeah. was, it's a crazy, crazy time. I mean, super cool, definitely, you know, to be part of that sort of history and get that experience. And I mean, we've had, you know, we've had some opportunity even beyond that, um, you know, just with like a couple Super Bowl contracts that. Ultimately, you know, like we work out the deal, but then, you know, it's the same thing of like if those teams end up going to the Super Bowl, if, you know, if we've had some NHL ones, they yeah. always talk about it. You know, the last like handful of years, they're like, all right, well, we have the contract if the, uh, if the Chicago Bulls, you know, win the finals. And unfortunately, that's not been the case since the 90s. So it's always kind of <laughs> depressing to even have that conversation. <laughs> so Sorry, now, are, do you have any other bands right now on your roster besides us? Uh, yeah, None that we love as much as you. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's the right answer. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think well, we're going to have to edit it that edit that out of, out of the podcast because you're going to lose all the, you're going to lose all, you're going to lose all those accounts now. We've, uh, you know, we've been talking about. We're just waiting for the uh, the disturbed guys to come home anytime soon now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I think the thing, the thing for us is, um, you know, we've, we've gone through so many different cycles of like getting to a point where we have just, you know, so many clients and so many partners. And I think it's, it's all about like trying to find who those, the right people are, you know, like the relationship that we have with you guys is, is the ideal situation we want for anybody, you know, that beyond beyond us all being friends and having that sort of relationship, it really is more of a partnership. I mean, we need you guys just as much as you need us. And so the idea is that we continue to both really grow together to, to be able to, you know, kind of lift each other up. So, you know, yeah. we've been through it so many times with so many other high, I mean, we were doing Billie Eilish's merch for a long time yeah. too. And, you know, it, I mean, it, it all just starts to scale up to a point where, you know, when it gets one-sided and it just feels like, you know, you're just being beaten down and they just want it cheaper and cheaper because they can go somewhere else. You yeah. know, that's, I completely get it from the business standpoint, but it's also, that's not, it's just not a relationship. And it, at right. a certain point, it's just going to end up sinking, you know, either us or we're just going to be running around with our heads cut off. And, and it just feels like there's never a time that is like, 
you guys are so cool and so heartfelt. And, you know, I had a, an amazing conversation with Elias on, on Saturday, you know, after the whole merch thing. And he was like, I just want to thank you guys so much for, you know, making this possible. And like, you would be surprised that that really is kind of few and far between. Oh yeah. Somebody will actually take the time to say, Hey, you remember the fact that like you guys are running around crazy. You're in there, you know, around the clock and you made this happen. You know, that's, that's very meaningful for us and we don't expect it but at the same time when it happens that's when we know mm -hmm. we're in a we're in a good situation awesome man that's awesome to hear um so right now during this lockdown quarantine what's been uh what's been your days like on the on the lockdown quarantine uh, side <laughs> well i mean it's everything has been completely turned upside down um yeah. i mean i think really early on you know we were just like you said, I mean, you've seen the scale of, of of how big we are just to make sure that we can maintain to keep the lights on and, you know, keep people in, in their jobs and keep also keep people safe. So, you know, we just, we jumped in pretty early on. We started uh, um, an initiative called Creatives Who Care that is really just, you know, trying to help either musicians or artists or creatives or businesses that have been hit by the pandemic and help raise funds for them. So we were starting, you know, e-commerce platforms to be able to just create merchandise that would generate funds for whatever they needed it for, or also just donations to frontline workers, um, you know, stuff like that. So that was, you know, Joe and I dove in pretty early on to, to really focus and scale that up and launch that. And, and now it's just been, you know, just maintaining that and really trying to keep, keep the business moving, but also, you know, kind of stepping back and realizing what what potential life looks like outside of this. I mean, I think we've been extremely lucky and blessed to be able to survive through this. And, you know, things are looking, you know, almost brighter than they were even before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's been on the business side of it. I mean, for me personally, it's just been crazy. I'm, I'm down in Charlotte. I've been here, you know, since the beginning of March. It was kind of just an accident just i came down for a meeting and you know my my wife's family lives here and so we've been staying here pretty much ever since but it's just been a, a complete different you know approach to how we've been running the business i mean joe has been absolutely annihilating it you know staying oh, at home and, and kind of <laughs> crushing it on the home front and <clears throat> you know being able to to kind of work back and forth uh, and lucas has also home. been doing great uh, burying me in amazing work. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we've just been trying to focus on, you know, like I said, the things that, that are meaningful, you know, people, you know, the fact that you guys wanted to be proactive with doing, you know, some, some really cool masks and the fact that we can bring that to life, the fact that we can still bring a whole merge campaign to life, you know, in the thick of this is just, you just need to really rely on everybody around you. I think that are the, the vital partners. And so, you know, we're all smart. We're all really talented and we're all, you know, really driven. So I think, you know, you see exactly this, this last non-point merch drop. I mean, that was exactly what happens when everybody puts their minds together and we just yep. kill it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, things from on my end have not changed too much because a, I live right by the shop. So I'm still in here, you know, doing what I've always done. Uh, and, you know, I get a, a chance now to be a little bit more hands-on. And it's I, – I love doing this stuff. And, you know, we're still 
we've been doing this for what 13 14 years and you know every day i still feel like we're learning how to do stuff cooler and smarter and better and you know being able to step back during the quarantine and re-envision how we want to do things knowing what we know now you know it's now is the perfect time to come up with new procedures new outlooks on how we handle things and i think that you know after these year all these years of lucas and i banging our heads against the wall you know it's all the pieces are starting to fall into place and we're starting to make sense of how to actually run a business in general well yeah especially when you're pressed with all the different restrictions on what you can and can't do probably right now oh right. oh yeah i mean we're we're working in masks we have yeah. to take our temperatures on the way in on the way out we have you know like uh documented disinfecting of different areas uh every two hours and then you know even during lunch everyone has to sit <laughs> six feet away from each other and you know i mean we, we take it really serious uh because no one's life is worth running some shirts. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, we, and, and I'm here too, you know, it's not like uh, go run into, into the fire guys. It's I'm standing in the fire too. And, you know, we've always operated like a family and, you know, we are all here for each other and, and it's, I couldn't be happier. Well, I'm glad. Well, it's I guess still I could working. be happier if yeah. the world was back. But. Right, right. <laughs> but um, I mean, that's what what Rivera and I are saying to each other all the time about how you know there was a Michael Jordan quote it was the great ones adapt. I mean, yep. all mm -hmm. you all you can do right now is adapt to the situation, and the people mm -hmm. who are are going to be better for it. And you know, the new normal that comes out of this all will be, uh, you know, ahead of the game as opposed to people right. who are just waiting for it to go backwards. Right. Yeah. I mean, we never want to I look think backwards. That, no, no, not at all. And I think that, that there's something to be, you know, like I early, early on in this, I mean, Joe and I have done a couple other <clears throat> podcasts kind of talking about, you know, just we did a really interesting one on mental health and, you know, entrepreneur mental health and going through this whole shit. And, you know, I think something to be said about, you know, early on was like feeling that you know, I felt kind of conflicted thinking that, okay, well, we're going to come out of this stronger and we're going to come out of this stronger for so many reasons, not just for like the predatory reasons of thinking that, all right, well, a lot of companies are going to fold. And so there's going to be a lot of opportunity to get more clients. Like, I think that's a reality, but at the same time, I think it's just, you have no choice to like, you know, what are you going to sit there and just cry and think, okay, well, my business and everything that I put into this is going to go up in flames. Like, that's just the complete opposite mentality as opposed to just saying, all right, fuck it. Let's get smart. Let's figure out how to make this work. Let's figure out, you know, a different version of this, a different format. And I think that's, you know, luckily, you know, again, all of us come from these creative backgrounds and, you know, I think we're artists at heart. And so, that's what we're all used to doing. How do we create something from nothing and right. create something very strong? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and you guys have been doing it, so I mean that makes it, you know, worth it in the in the long run. The same thing with what you know I've been doing with recording and trying mm -hmm. to do mixing from home, and clients are sending me files, and I have to deal with different formats all the time. And, and I mean, there's mm -hmm. things I have to adapt to, but then I yep. also am going to come out of it better because I can you know, reaffirm that I am good at 
what I do no matter where I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and the same yep. thing with with Rob at, at home playing drums. You know, it's it's something he's getting better at, and and he calls me less and less about Pro Tools things because he, <laughs> he knows it more and more as he's using it. It's only after mm-hmm. he goes on tour for like three four months and comes back going, how do I make the click work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like there's something something as simple as like pushing one button, and he's like, oh, yeah. and you know. But then once he's in the flow, he never needs to know because he's just doing yep. it. So, you know, I'm glad you guys have, have stayed, you know, in, in a sense, stayed alive and kicking here. Yeah. Know, no, like, I, honestly, I mean, my, I think my hat is, is, is further off to both of you two because, you know, for us, I mean, yes, it's getting creative and it's, you know, figuring out a way to, to make it through the haze. But, you know, for what you guys are doing, especially for what you guys were able to put together for, you know, the acoustic version of it and just a whole being able to create as a band and not be together as a band is a feat in itself. So the Mm -hmm. fact that like you guys were able to overcome that awesome. The fact that then you were able to overcome that. And also, you know, the stuff that we were talking about earlier with figuring out how to mix in real time, you know, with zero latency, how you can go through all of that sort of stuff. And that's the next step up because if, if you weren't able to do that, I mean, who knows? Would you have ever been able to to do a release this way? You know, would have op- it opened mm-hmm. up the windows for the possibilities in the future? So, you know, I think you guys have overcome even more, you know, hardship and just like technological feats than you know we have. Unfortunately, you know, we have to produce where we are because that's where the machines are, and we can't. <laughs> yeah. do that. I mean, I can do what I need to do on my end for the business remotely, but at the same time, you know, you guys are are really kind of fighting a lot of different things with keeping that creative spark alive and being able to do that and come out with an amazing product. So I, I definitely commend you more because I know how difficult that can be even back in the day trying to just trade, you know, uh, AIF files back and forth. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, just in the last few years in general, it's gotten easier and easier to do. But it's, you know, still at, at a point where the industry is adapting to follow and all these companies now are like looking into remote workflows and that, you know, for the recording studio side, I I mean, I need bands to come in, you know, like Mm -hmm. like for the the studio to stay fully open and, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, we haven't had a band in this room since February, you know, like because March came and went and I went on a remote shoot in Phoenix with, with a YouTube client of mine and Mm -hmm. came back and they said, okay, no more business. You know, because Ooh. you get, I mean, a band in general is a Petri dish. So you put them in a, in a studio <laughs> and yeah, you, know, right? you got a guy spitting all over your pop filter. It's like, are you going to have yeah. to like sanitize your, your vocal mm-hmm. booth every time, you know, mm-hmm. because there's droplets mm-hmm. all over that place. I mean, like Elias screamed, he used to sing right into his laptop mic. And I saw his screen one day and I was like, get yourself a pop filter, man. I'm like, it was just <laughs> chicken on there. I mean, it was just nasty. But like, you know, I mean, that's that's the reality of the of the, you know, one side of the glass. I mean, I'm getting more work on the backside post-production, but mm-hmm. that stuff is slow to come too because budgets, you know, and, yeah. and like, people are trying to do more themselves. And that's kind of scary. I mean, at yeah. least with what you guys do, it's nobody's going to go and have, buy their, you know, print your own T-shirt kit right now. You know, (laughs) you know, they're always going to need somebody to do merch fulfillment on the scale that you guys can do, because I've taken a tour there, too. And man, I mean, I was blown away. I (laughs) I did not realize what what you guys really had built there. 
you know, and, and for it to be still like that family vibe. And that's like how Uptown is. And that's how everything I like in yeah. my life to be is people working with each other instead of for each other. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's honestly, I do. think if even, it, honestly, if, you know, people, yeah, you can, you can buy a laptop and you can have garage band or, right. you know, logic these days. I mean, I think that's great for so many reasons, you know, just for, you know, it's the convenience of even when I'm working on stuff and just getting quick ideas out. But at the same time, you cannot like, you're not going to be able to replace, you know, someone like you or someone, you know, with that experience and just what that's that's out there. I just I don't think that that will ever fully right. go away. So, I mean, that, that's always the worry of just saying, oh, shit, well, yeah, if somebody could just buy, you know, beginning screen printing kits, shit, are we going to lose people because they're going to start printing their merch? Maybe so, but at a certain point, like... I don't know. You can't you can't steal experience and you can't yes. steal, you know, expertise. Right. Well, that's what I was just, that's too. what I was just going to say is, you know, if people are doing mixes at their house, they're not going to get a Rusha. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> so it it is. It it is the experience. And yeah. it's the like like the other day I pulled off a print that, you know, would have baffled me, you know, 10 years ago, but we just blazed through it and then, you know, I just we're putting, we are closing the last box and I was looking and I was like, man, we, that was no bubbles, no troubles. <laughs> Nailed it on the first pass, but it, but it, why? Because of, we coded the screens in a different way because we learned the best way to do this. We did, we learned the best way to do this. We learned the best way to do that. And that is what, that's the service that people are hiring, whether it be for mixing or screen printing someone could get the the you know someone could buy pro tools and a couple neumanns it it doesn't make you right Rick no Rubin. yeah it's not the it's not the gear as as, as rob and i have right. learned even too it's like you know it's the <laughs> right. player it's more so like the the sound and the attitude that you bring to it and as far as music and mm -hmm. with you guys it's the same thing it's the it's the quality and the attitude that you bring to producing merch and that's something that you know i hope stays in you know in in people's minds when they you know try to do their own companies or try to do their own things it's it's going to take you time to get to the level that you're at oh yeah you know where people like look to you when that crunch time moment like the world series or you know when yeah. it comes time to mix a song that you know nobody has been able to be together to make you know and, mm -hmm. and, and it's a fearful time but at the same time we all come out of it a little bit stronger yeah. and that's something i think we can all thank our stars for Right. Sure. I, I, sure. Our answer is, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to do what? <laughs> okay, let's figure it out. Exactly. And, you know, we, we, you know, we all tr trust each other because, you know, we've been all working so long together. And, you know, when you guys run out of, when Nonpoint runs out of merch, it's on my mind, like I'm in the band to, oh my God, how do I get him more stuff tomorrow? Right. It, I mean, it, the, you know, the rest of the world is like, it, they'll get it when they get it. But no. It, it's the team. Well, yeah, because the, boys, the, 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 the fallout from it is is crazy. If you guys aren't delivering on time, then the band has to deal with the fans saying, "Where's my shit?" Right, and, right. You know, like it becomes like this cascading waterfall of of issue. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. you know that no no one wants to deal with that, especially if they're on tour or they're you know yep. sitting at home trying to find a way to support themselves. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
But hey, and guys, I, mean, um, I didn't. I don't mean to cut you guys off, but no, no, we, no. we try to keep our format into like an hour, and now we're at like an hour and ten. Less than seven <laughs> hours. But I knew this was going to happen we with you guys. We could go back but... to producer tech talk. Yeah. I mean, that could be a whole other episode, and I mean, we, oh, we, we yeah. could do that at some point. I'd love to, you know, get more into, you know, things like, like how you guys, um, you know, stay on top of the technology and stuff. There could yeah. be a whole other tech side of this podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on and kind of explaining your your side of the glass, uh, you know. And uh, it's it's we the like the whole purpose of this podcast is people to see every aspect of the industry, from you know management, from studio, from live, from merch, from tour managing, from you know day to day stuff. You know, so, yeah, <laughs> you guys stay strong, man, and hope you know we're gonna like you said we're gonna come out of this stronger. For sure. And uh, we'll see you guys soon, man. Thank you very much. For sure. Yeah. So yeah. proud Thank of both of you guys. Glad yeah, to be part of the family. Oh, you guys too, right, man. Sir. Take care. For sure. Later, man. Take care. Bye. Bye. Peace. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Robcast podcast. Be sure and subscribe to get notified on future episodes. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Robcast Podcast. Feel free to send us comments and suggestions at robcastpodcast at gmail.com.